welcome to back to the podcast. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you on for Currency Inspirations on this week's podcast. Still on the line with me, I have John Keeley, and we are delighted to welcome back to the podcast this week, Jane Mellicent Trucker. Good morning, Jane. How are you keeping? Hi, Shane. How are you? Good, thanks. Now, you are a very busy woman this week, I would say. Yeah, it's slightly busy this week, all right. <laughs> now, the reason Jade is kind of up to her tonsils is, of course, this weekend sees the start of what is COP26 in Glasgow. And Jane, I think you're actually going to be there for some of it as well. Yes, I'm, I'm traveling um, this week to Glasgow uh, for the UN Climate Talks uh, on behalf of Trocra and the Ladada Sea Movement. So I'll be there for almost 10 days. So it's going to be busy. Okay. So I suppose the first question I suppose most people are going to have is COP26. The name has been floating around in the media. There's been a lot of conversation about it. What the hell is it? Yeah, that's a great question. So COP stands for the Conference of Parties. Uh, and it's basically the UN Climate Summit, which happens every year. And this year is the 26th year of world leaders gathering to discuss climate change and what they might do about it. So hence it's known as COP26 and the host this year is the UK and that's why it's taking place in Glasgow. Okay, so this is this is kind of, and where does this kind of sit with Paris and the Paris Accord that we hear so much about? Yeah, so the Paris Agreement is like one of the largest international treaties ever signed. Um, 195 countries um, agreed on targets to help limit um, the effects of climate change globally. And that that was in 2015 and that was COP21, which took place in Paris. So basically at the 21st UN Climate Summit, the Paris Agreement was signed at COP26 in Glasgow in the next two weeks. Um, countries are being asked to strive for greater ambition than they signed up to at Paris and to put in place um, strong targets and action um, to urgently limit global warming. Um, so it's a really critical summit in Glasgow and we're, uh, the leaders from most of the world's countries are going to be there in the opening days. Well, it's interesting. So we have an international, we have an international conference on one of the key issues of the planet and the host is Boris Johnson. That's going to make interesting um, that's going to make interesting news footage, if nothing else. But one of the things that just struck me there, um, Jane, is you said that you know the idea is for the leaders of the world to come together to kind of give greater ambition to what was set in Paris. Now, given mm. the difficulties and the challenges that have been there with implementing the Paris, which in turn was trying to build on Kyoto, like how optimistic are we that we're actually going to see something concrete come out of all these discussions? Yeah, I suppose um, the urgency has increased. We had a UN climate report in August, which was the worst and darkest to date. Um, I suppose the, the effects of climate change have surprised even the climate scientists who've been warning us for, for decades of the trajectory we were headed on. Um, so there is a real sense of urgency around this COP, and you can sense that from the amount of coverage it is getting uh, these conferences happen every year. I've never seen uh, so much coverage for climate summit as there is at the moment. We also have, you know, things like the rise of youth climate movement uh, really pushing momentum around the cops as well. Um, so I suppose the, the stage has, has shifted slightly in terms of people's awareness, uh, in terms of people's concern. 
Um, and I think politicians are very aware of that. Uh, so all eyes are on Glasgow for the next two weeks and world leaders know that. So there is a far greater momentum there um, in terms of, of, uh, of striving for this ambition. And that UN report in August, I mean, the UN cited it as the code red for humanity. And we've never heard this type of language around these summits before. So when they call a code red, you know, the alarm bells are ringing, uh, the world is watching. So we just have to pray and hope that this, that this summit in Glasgow delivers uh, considering the urgency. And in terms of, I suppose, the question then becomes for us, I suppose, this morning is where, okay, obviously climate is a key issue for many people and it's a political imperative. But I suppose many people have kind of wondering this morning, where is the faith uh, kind of lens to look at this whole conversation? What's, what way do we, we approach it from a faith perspective? Yeah, so I suppose we have, um, you know, Pope Francis as a, as a global climate leader and he has written Laudato Si on care for a common home, his, his letter on the environmental crisis. And in that, he reminds us of our Christian vocation to care for God's creation, that one of the, the very first commandments we were ever given was to, to till and keep the garden of the Lord, which means to, to care and protect, not to destroy creation, which is what, as a species, we have uh, done up to this point. And there is also a question of intergenerational justice. So we need to ask ourselves what kind of world we're leaving to, you know, children coming after us, uh, the generations coming after us. Um, so we really are asked to reflect on our call to care more deeply for creation and to walk more gently on the earth. Um, and this is very much part of what it means to be a person of faith. It's not like an added, an added extra or an option for us now. Um, mm. So we're, we're invited to really reflect on this, like personally, uh, what we, the little things that we can do as individuals, but also to think of, of the global and how we can push for change. And I suppose in Glasgow, there'll be many faith communities gathered there, you know, advocating for our common home and, and for, for younger generations. Yeah, it's a point you made, of course, as you said, Pope Francis is one of the faith leaders that has, has led on this in, in recent years. And earlier in October, um, he joined with other religious leaders to sign a joint appeal to governments to commit to ambitious targets at the, COP, at the conference in Glasgow. And, um, you know, and the religious leaders also promised to do their own part to lead their faithful towards more sustainable behaviour. And as you said, they very much picked up on that idea of the garden. We have inherited a garden. We must not leave a desert to our children, said the appeal. And it included, it included Pope Francis. It included uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, the Orthodox Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew. There was representatives of Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Sikhism, Buddhism, Confucianism, Zosterianism, and Jainism involved as well. So it's, you know, and it's just bringing home, I suppose, that this is something that very much crosses um, political, religious divides, economic divides. And very much, of course, the church, in their appeal, the church leaders begged political leaders to adopt measures to limit temperature rise. And for countries that are most responsible for greenhouse gas emissions to provide financial support to the most vulnerable communities. And of course, that is a huge challenge at the moment because Paris contributed, there was a commitment to 100, was it $100 billion a year in terms of support to countries. Mm. Uh, and that also needs to be delivered on as well so that countries, say, for example, like 
is it the Seychelles or 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 our Maldives yeah. that are pretty much sinking under the seas? Yeah, I mean the island nations, all of the island nations are at risk. You can you can take the Philippines, uh, you can take the Maldives, um, and and it's the poorest countries that are on the front lines of the crisis, and they've done the least to cause the problem. So climate finance is going to be a big issue at COP26, and you know countries, wealthier countries, um, are being asked to to provide the uh, the funds for climate adaptation and mitigation. So that the world's poorest people. Um, can can be helped to to adapt the effects of climate change um and it's not to be confused with i suppose overseas development aid that this isn't this is an added extra and this is the cost of of doing nothing like economically this is the cost of of doing nothing to date to to mitigate against climate change so you know these are the big issues at at glasgow in the next few weeks Mm. Now, Jane, you mentioned the Laudato Si movement there as well. I suppose people would say, "Well, what is that?" Yep, great question. So, since um, since since Laudato Si was published in 2015 um, on Care for a Common Home, a worldwide movement has sprung up, mostly from the grassroots of people who are deeply concerned about these issues. They are people of faith. It's it's mostly a Catholic movements but all people of goodwill are invited to join us and um, so right across the world thousands of people have have joined the Ladado Sea movement it's a, it's an international organization but it's it's more than that it's it's a movement in itself um, and they're you know drawing on the wisdom of Ladado Sea they're joining in prayer for creation but also very much in terms of of advocacy and trying to create spaces locally where where faith communities can reflect in these issues and take action so um, you can find it online, the org and find out a bit more of what it's about. But it's a very, um, it's a very positive sign of people of faith um, starting to, to, you know, awaken into this crisis and, and uh, discerning where they can be and take action in it. Yeah, just to say as well to listeners this morning for the podcast, from um, obviously from a, from a point of view of resources and materials, Obviously, there's the Laudato Si movement website. From an Irish perspective, you can also check in on Trocra's website for COP26, and also from an environmental justice point of view, climate change justice point of view. Uh, obviously, uh, we've been talking about Pope Francis's encyclical Laudato Si. There's quite a lot published in relation to that online. From an Irish perspective, of course, there is um, the Archbishop of Dublin has recently brought out a pastoral letter on on, on it, uh, the call of the call of the earth, the call mm-hmm. of the poor. Our own bishop here in Limerick, Dr. Bishop Brendan, had a Linton pastoral in 2020 on it. And also just to um, just to highlight as well, there's a couple of books. One that caught my eye is Laudato Sea in Irish Response, which is Essays on Pope Francis' Letter on the Environment, which is edited, of course, by Sean McDonough, who, of course, is one of our main, um, or was one of our more uh, main uh, environmental theologians in Ireland as well. Uh, Jane, from your perspective, is there anything in terms of things that are happening right now or things that are coming up that you would be encouraging people to get involved in? Sure. Well, one thing people can do this weekend is to go to the climate petition or sorry, the Catholic petition.org um, to sign a petition that has been endorsed by the Vatican around COP26. Um, so that's the Catholic petition.org and add your name. Uh, to that petition to raise your voice in in support of of COP26. 
Um, but then locally, I mean, we really need to pray about this issue and especially pray for the success of these talks. And after COP26, people can get involved. You can go onto Troker's website, go into our parish page, click on Ladado C, and there's a huge amount of resources there for parish use. And really just gathering a couple of people locally who care about the issue um, and seeing what you might do in your local parish. And it can be as simple as tree planting, looking at the church grounds, thinking about becoming an eco-parish through Eco-Congregation Ireland. And these are all little ways that we can be witnesses to being part of the solution and, and caring more deeply for our common home. Okay. Jane Mellis from Trocrat, listen, thanks a million for joining us on this week's podcast and giving us that perspective on COP26. Travel Bye. safe to Glasgow and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much, Jane. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.